What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. I was blind, but now I see. Those words were written in 1772 and published in 1779. And to this day, it's one of the most historic, one of the most powerful and sung hymns all throughout the world. And it's powerful because of how accurate the words are in that song. Accurate because in the song it says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. You know, oftentimes people say, you know, I, I, I found God. I found God back in, you know, 2014, you know. I found God, you know, when I was, when I was locked up in county jail. I found God, you know, through, through an ex who no longer served the Lord, but thank God, you know, I got saved. You know, I, I found God and... <laughs> And I understand, I understand what people mean by that, Pastor Jody, when they say, I, I found God. But the reality is God was never lost. <laughs> God was never lost to be found. He was the one that, in fact, found us. The life of Jesus absolutely transformed the entire world. It turned the globe upside down. World-renowned historian Jaroslav Pelikan put it this way. It is, far, it is from his birth, referring to Jesus, that most of human race dates its calendars. You can't even tell time without Jesus. B.C. and A.D., before Christ and after his death. It is by his name that millions curse. And it is by his name that millions pray. The life of Jesus, he came over 2,000 years ago. The Lord God Almighty incarnate in the flesh came down with a sole mission. Now, either Jesus was a lunatic back in his day, a Palestinian Jew who was making declarations like nobody else ever in history he 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 made claims such as i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father unless it be through me he is the one that said i am the bread of life he said i am the light of the world and and, and so on and so forth no one else in history made those claims no one else in history performed the miracles that he did he was a rabbi, but yet he was the one that, according to the, to the scribes and according to, to Pharisees, he broke every law according to them. But he, not, he did not come to eradicate the law. He came to fulfill the law. Now, either he was a lunatic for making the claims that he did, but yet after all of these centuries, the most intelligent Renowned doctors, historians, and theologians, the most powerful minds, believe and follow the words of this man named Jesus. So either he was a lunatic, which I don't believe, 
Either he was a liar when it is embedded in our moral code and in our scripture to have honesty in everything that we do. And that is what he practiced and that is what he taught. So he could not be a liar. So either he was a lunatic, which we don't believe he was. He was a liar or he was who he claimed to be, which is the Lord of Lords. And that's who I believe that Jesus is. And that's who he was. Jesus came to this earth with passion. He came with a mission and he came with a decision. He came with a passion. He came with a mission and he came with a decision. Right there where you are, I'm so glad that you're asking, what, what was his passion? The first thing that I want to share with you is that the passion that Jesus had was people. His passion was people. His passion was you and I. His passion was like none other. You know, passion is, 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 is interesting. Passion is a thing that will wake you up in the morning. I don't know if you've ever felt passion about anything. But passion will wake you up in the morning. Even though you've had, you've had uh, sleepless nights before. It'll still get you up. Passion, real passion will keep you up late at night. I'm talking about you're trying to sleep, but you're rolling over and you're tossing in your bed because all you can think about is that thing or that person that you're passionate about. Passion is like a fire under you that you can't shake. It's just like you try to forget it. You try to move on from it. But that passion is some of y'all know what I'm talking about because you're, you're passionate about the person, your spouse that's right next to you. Hey, hey, fellas, I'm trying to help y'all out. Wives, I know you're still passionate about your husband. <laughs> passion, I'm, talk I'm talking about, remember passion? Passion will keep you, keep you up late at night, talking about after six hours of conversation, and, you, and, and you're talking about hang up the phone, and, 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 and then you say, no, you hang up. And then the other person says, no, you hang up. And you say, we're going to hang up on three. One, two, you still there? <laughs> I wish I had somebody that knew about passion. Passion will make you drive long distances. I'm talking about it'll make you it'll make you spend money you do not have. But somehow, some way, before that passion, you're gonna scrap some check, you're gonna make that thing work. Because passion will make you do some things. I wish I had somebody. And that same passion that Jesus had was the same passion, according to Philippians chapter 2, the same passion that made God in heaven, sovereign, almighty, leave heaven and come to earth. Because his passion was you and I. Because humanity had missed the mark. Because humanity had been, had, had been fallen short, according to scriptures in Romans chapter 3. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And so we were removed from that rightful place of relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so Jesus said, I've got to reconcile people back to, to me. I've got to, I've got to find a way to reach them. I've got to find a way that I can demonstrate love, grace, and truth to them. So I will put on flesh and I will take, on, take up the form of a man and I will become a servant so that I can reach people because people were the passion of God how do I know that people were his passion the scripture talks about it in Luke chapter 15 here's how crazy the, the passion that Jesus had for people was the religious people of his day would criticize him would rebuke him and would oppose him because Jesus cared about the outcasts 
Jesus cared about the rebel. Jesus cared about the one that was in the crack house. Jesus cared about the one that was that was fresh out the jailhouse. Jesus cared for the prostitute. Jesus cared for the sick. Contrary to what to what you've heard before, or what people made you believe before, Jesus was a man of the people, and he loved with passion. And so the Pharisees, who were the religious people of that day, would criticize him. And they would say, how is this man a rabbi and a teacher and a religious figure? How is he giving all of these teachings when he's sitting with sinners? Ah. So they were questioning him. And so in order to answer that question, he gave a series of parables in Luke chapter 15. He first gives a parable about, 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 about a, a, a man who was a shepherd and lost his sheep. He had a hundred, but one got lost. And the Bible talks about that that shepherd went out for the one, that one sheep that got lost and left the 99. Not to show the negligence of leaving 99, but to show the passion of going after that one that no one else was willing to go out for. That's the Jesus that I serve. The same passion is the same one he talked about. Like the woman in Luke chapter 15 verse 9 and 10 who had lost a coin. Who turned on a lamp and began to flip couches over so she could find her one coin. She had 10. She lost one but was willing to search the whole, and flip the whole house upside down. So, so that she could find the one coin. It's the same passion that Jesus had and has for people. It's the same passion that talks about in Luke chapter 15 verse 32. When it talks about the story of the lost son or the prodigal son this son had asked for his inheritance even though the father had not passed away so he was asking for an inheritance early so that he could leave and squander and just completely waste his inheritance and he's and, he, and when he's lost he remembers that his father still had his arms open at home and so he goes to his father and the scripture says in verse 32, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this son of mine was dead and now is alive. He was lost and now he is found. See, his passion is very clear. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, for the son of man came to seek and save the loss. I don't know if I have any witnesses right there at home. If you do, would you do me a favor and just shout, shout at me? Would you just throw your, your flip-flops, your sandals at me for, for real quick? If you have a testimony that you once were lost. Ah. If you have a testimony that you once were broken without hope, without any idea of how you would make it through. And it was, in fact, the power, the grace and love of the Lord Jesus. It was his passion that reached you right there where you were. When everyone, oh my God, I'm feeling this thing even though I'm by myself in my living room. Uh, uh, that same passion is the passion that reached you right there. When everyone else counted you out. When everyone else said, there is no hope for this there's no hope for this brother but Jesus said I can reach that one I love them and I have a passion for them that's the kind of Jesus that we serve ah, is there anybody that has a testimony I once was lost ah but now I'm found see he had a passion and he had a mission someone at home say with me mission right there at home say with me mission Mission is the thing that keeps you driven. <laughs> Without a mission, you don't have any direction. Without a mission, there's nothing that 
pushes you, that gives you impulse, that gives you momentum, that drives you. So the mission that Jesus had kept him driven. And his mission statement was very clear. You know, organization businesses, at least successful ones, because there are some businesses that don't have missions. And it's just like, Lord have mercy. Organizations that don't have missions. But you have to have a mission in everything that you do. And so Jesus had a mission statement, and I love it. It's out of, out of Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. The, catch this. The freedom restoration and hope of a people was on the other side of Jesus's mission whenever you're on a mission that's the thing that drives you whenever you're on a mission it's the thing that will cause a freedom a deliverance a hope for people that don't have it and so his mission was clear he said I came to proclaim good news. I'm so glad that in the midst of so much bad news, we serve a savior and a Jesus that gives us good news. I'm so glad that in the midst of many people feeling in bondage, especially now because they're, they're quarantined, so they feel bound. But I want to let you know in quarantine, you can still... I wish I had somebody that will catch this. You can still experience the freedom of God. I want to I let you know that, that, that the one that was on a mission came to recover and restore what was lost. That mission made Jesus make a decision. He had a passion. He has a mission and had a mission. And he had a decision. His mind was made up. You know, I love, I love, I, I, I grew up, I grew up in, in, in church and I was around a lot of old saints, older saints, excuse me, older. And I love that, you know, they, you know, older folks, they always have sayings, sayings and phrases, you know. And one of, the, one of the sayings and phrases that I used to love the old folks that they would say is they would say in church, I am sold out. My mind is made up. In other words, I've made a commitment. I've made a decision. You ever made a decision that no one could break you and, and make you, and make you uh, go after that decision that you've made? I'm talking about your mind is made up. Your mind is fixed. No one can change your mind. This is the decision that Jesus had made. And his decision was this. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. This is Jesus in anguish, preparing to be a sacrifice. He lived a blameless life, but was betrayed and was persecuted. Jesus could have called on angels from heaven to deliver him so that he wouldn't go to the cross. But his mind was made up. He had made a decision. 
He was saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. What did that mean? The cup meant the cross. This is so, this is so uh, uh, crazy that between 6th century and 4th century BC, going to a cross or being crucified was the instrument of execution of criminals. It was, the most, it was the most torturous, painful way that anybody could go out. They would either be tied or they would either be nailed to a cross. What's, what's crazy is the word excruciating literally comes from the term out of crucifixion. Because it was so painful. But Jesus had made a decision. Because without blood, there cannot be forgiveness or remission of sins. So he knew that all of his life, he came to this earth 30 years old to become the perfect sacrifice. The cross during that time was for justice according to society in that day. But now it's become a symbol of redemption. Now the cross is the intersection of God's love and God's justice. And it's at the foot of the cross that we find salvation, healing, deliverance, and transformation. Here's what's crazy. Jesus did not go to the cross for you and I to just simply have a superficial relationship with God. He didn't become a total sacrifice so that you and I would just simply flirt with the idea of serving him. And we can go years on end knowing that he's calling us. I know there's some people that have that testimony. How many of you said, I, I ran from God? Some of you right there watching me, you still got that testimony. I'm running. But I want to let you know, baby, he's never going to stop running after you. He will never stop running after you. Because there is treasure locked inside of you. There is purpose locked inside of you. There is a destiny locked inside of you. He has called you to be the head and not the tail. He has called you to be above and not beneath. He has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. He has called you and he is calling you because he wants you a relationship with him. That's why he keeps chasing after you. My God, I feel the glory of God. Many people say, I don't know why he keeps coming after me. Why me? I'm so jacked up. I'm so broken. That's the perfect place for Jesus to find you so that you can't give anybody else credit for what he does. I, I feel like shouting in my living room so that, so that you don't say, you know, it was a counselor that helped me. You know, it was my teacher that helped me. You know, it was a mentor that helped me. Now, these people are wonderful, but some people have a testimony that no one has been able to do what only Jesus did. That's why he keeps going after you because he wants to get the glory out of your life. Ah, I feel the glory of God. 
That's why he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. In other words, take this suffering away from me. Take this pain I'm getting ready to endure. My God, this, the sweat, the pain, and the tears of going to the cross. He said, if you would, take it away from me. But he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. At the end of his life is where our lives began. I'll say that again. At the end of his life is where our lives began. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. You ever been to a bad restaurant? And I'm talking about from the moment you walk in through those doors, people just greeting you with that sour face. Listen, if you're an essential worker, I'm going to pray for you. Keep the joy of the Lord even in these trying times. I'm praying for you. I know people going to test you. I'm praying for you. I know it's challenging. I'm praying for you. You ever got that service that you are, uh, that type of service that you're eating and you have to wave people down. In fact, you got to chase your waiter down. You got to chase managers down to help you with your meal. <laughs> uh, you and I have been there. Let's keep it real on this chat. What's the first thing you think of? I am not tipping anybody. <laughs> I'm not tipping anybody. You know, I was, uh, I, was, I was convicted a while ago. This had to be years ago. Because my wife and I, we practice being generous, treating uh, uh, <clears throat> people that wait, waiters and, and restaurants, people, you know, that serve in that way to show them the utmost love. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, we were having some bad service and the Holy Spirit, I had, I, had, I had said to my wife, I said, we are not tipping anybody. We're going to walk out this place. And the Holy Spirit said, no, actually, you're going to give more than you usually give in tips. <laughs> because he said, you do it to me all the time. You ignore me. You don't seek me. You forget that I'm here. You treat me bad, but I still bless you. But I still encourage you but I still lift you up but I still chase after you mm, my God that's the grace of God that even when we were bad that even when we miss the mark in fact that's what sin means a lot of people don't understand that sin literally means to miss the target so when we fall short, as it says in Romans chapter 3, what it means is we miss the target. But his grace still says, I love you. I will bless you. I will change you. This one's on me. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. His grace will transform you. His grace will set you free. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. 
Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also, you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.